0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. As you have been hearing and feeling, it's freezing and the deadline for hundreds of migrants to find housing or lose their spot in city run shelters was supposed to go into effect today. But with single digit temperatures, city officials on Friday decided to postpone that deadline. Here's Mayor Johnson at a press conference last week.
1: There are some um, exceptions to that policy, particularly during single digit temperatures as we are expecting within the next uh, week or so. So to be clear, we're not evicting new arrivals um, out, out in the cold this winter. So
0: what exactly does this mean? You're with more on the Johnson administration's plans for finding housing for the thousands of migrants who are in need of permanent housing. Our WBEZ city government and politics reporters, Mariah Wolfel and Tessa Weinberg. Hi, ladies. Hello. Thanks for having us. Uh, so Mariah, I'll start with you. Why don't you tell us more about this deadline extension?
2: So this is an extension of the newly enacted 60-day stay policy that the Johnson administration enacted or announced last year. And um, today was supposed to be the first of those rolling deadlines where migrants have 60 days to stay in city-run shelters before they need to leave. Um, That is meant to, you know, kick people into gear of getting housing and also to make room for others who are waiting for more permanent shelter. But as you said, um, with the freezing cold temperatures, the administration extended that. So it's now January 22nd when around 650 people, as of last Friday, will be, um, you know, expected to leave city shelter. Um, We're not sure exactly what the path for people who do leave and don't have housing will look like. The city has said they'll make exceptions in the event of extreme cold weather, Mm -hmm. which they obviously did, or if migrants had an impending move-in date with a signed lease. Um, So if you need another week or two as you wait for your apartment to be ready, you can stay in a city shelter. And then those who had not found housing by the 60 days, they would have to leave and return to the city's, um, you know, recently established landing zone where they could put in a request for another shelter spot. Um, you know, anywhere between like 50 and 200 people are at that landing zone um, if, if you take like the last week as an indication. And so lots of people still waiting for shelter. And, and you would basically just start that
0: process over again if you don't
2: find housing. Goodness.
0: And, and, and right now we're just talking about the first batch of people who are under the deadline, right? And how many more have received these 60-day notices?
3: So close to
2: 8,000 people have received 60-day notices. Um, according to the city, that was a number from last Friday, and they said close to 1,200 are um, "quote unquote" connected to
0: rental aid. I see, uh, Tessa. Let's talk more about those those numbers. The the very latest. How many folks are waiting for shelter? How many people are in shelters?
3: Yeah, so as of yesterday, which was the most up-to-date numbers, the city has sent out um, there are over 14,500 people in 28 shelters across the city. And then there's another 318 that, as of yesterday, were waiting for a spawn shelters. You know, majority of those, 255, were at O'Hare Airport. There's another 16 at police station lobbies. And then, um, you know, over the weekend with the extreme cold, We did see the city, they moved people um, from the warming buses that they were sleeping on uh, at the landing zone on the near west side move those folks to um, the harold washington library which was acting as a warming center and as of yesterday the city said there were 47 people now at the harold washington library who are awaiting placement and um, so people were at least temporarily moved away from the landing zone you know we'll see you know if that continues if folks are going to be you know shuffled back there once Mm -hmm. the weather warms up a little bit so it kind of remains to be seen how that will, will go
0: I mean, and to that end, the city says about 650 people are set to leave shelters and that 17 are, quote, in some phase of the process of securing housing. That's a startling discrepancy. Just 17 out of hundreds? Yeah, that,
3: that was a striking number um, and, you know, really kind of was a little bit jaw-dropping to hear that. Um, you know, it, it was a little bit unclear. They said 17 are in, you know, some phase of the process securing housing with rental assistance and yet said know, close to 1200 are connected to rental aid. Um, You know, the difference between those discrepancies is still a little unclear, but it's, you know, not necessarily surprising that we still see, um, you know, just long waits for housing and that so many people are in need, um, you know, just even earlier last year um, in the summer then when folks were trying to leave city shelters with the help of this um, state-administered rental assistance program, people had been in shelters the longest were being prioritized. And at that time, those people had been in shelters more than eight months. So they had been there since, you know, 2022. Still, we're waiting, you know, by summer 2023. Um, And that was, you know, when we were seeing smaller numbers than we have now. The pace and number of people arriving has only grown since then. You know, like Mm -hmm. I said, we have, more than 14,500 people in shelters. Um, And so, you know, it's shocking that the number is a little, but combining just the sheer numbers we've seen was already a tight rental market. Um, And of course, just barriers that asylum seekers face from, you know, landlords maybe not wanting to rent to them in part because of, you know, still maybe trying to get legally authorized with a work permit to legally work and then have a stable income. You know, all these factors just simply, you know, make it very challenging for, for these folks to be able to find housing.
0: Uh, And, Mariah, have there been changes to the rental assistance that migrants receive? Yeah. So
2: previously, the state of Illinois was covering up to six months of rent for new arrivals who could find a a place to go. Um, But now that has been scaled back to just three months um, to and that was so the state could serve all existing shelter residents with the remaining funds they had at the time they announced this last year. Um, but in addition, they ended that rental assistance program entirely for new residents entering the shelter. They're focusing their efforts on case management, um, trying to get case managers uh, to connect people with with affordable housing throughout the city um, they're trying to they're there's the they're working with the city to still get expedited work permits for migrants um, and they're hoping that these things in combination um you know case managers to address bottlenecks because i think you know we've heard volunteers Complain too that at city shelters there is a bottleneck that's being created of so many people who are needing of case management and assistance with connecting to housing. That th- that one of the problems getting housing is just not having resources to and case management resources to help um, navigate that world. And so. The state said it was investing in that and trying to get case managers at city-run shelters um, to address the need. And and in addition to expedited work permits, um, that these things would help people get into housing. Yeah.
0: We've also been hearing a lot about the warming buses. Uh, You mentioned it as well at the landing zone. What's going on there exactly, Mariah?
2: So the warming, but there were warming buses at the landing zone and um, you know this is on the near west side where people have been sleeping on these buses. This landing zone was not initially intended to be a temporary shelter, but has somewhat turned into that um, for upwards of 200 people at, at a given time. Um, as of Friday, there were around 140 people there. But Everyone who was at the landing zone over the weekend has been moved, as Tessa said, to the Harold Washington Library. Yeah. There wasn't really an explanation given for that other than I'm guessing, you know, these warming buses could not stay warm enough um, in, that you is. know, negative degree temperatures. And so it's unclear how long people will be at the Harold Washington Library um, and whether they'll return to these warming buses once the once the weather um warms up, but uh, those are inactive as of right now.
0: And Tessa, what do we know about whether Mayor Johnson will return to that base camp idea?
3: Yeah, he said, you know, last week that that's not been discussed at the moment, you know, to remind folks these were these large tent light structures that could hold hundreds or even thousands of people that the city was, you know, eyeing Um, plans were scuttled um, over, you know, one tensions with the state um, who would be helping fund opening some of these. In addition to there are environmental concerns, two different sites the city was eyeing, um, you know, analyses and testing of the land had um, found there was numerous environmental things um, and concerns of contaminants that that would need to be remediated. And that was going to take time. Um, And so it, um, the city kind of moved away from that plan, you know, that does still have contracts in place with these, um, you know, contractors. So it could, you know, maybe return to that idea. But as of right now, Johnson said, that's not on the table, um, you know, to to move folks into these large tent like structures. Evan mm-hmm. said. And, and
0: leave us with this, Mariah, I mean, in light of these frigid temperatures, we know Governor Pritzker has uh, been renewing calls on Texas Governor Abbott to stop sending people here. What's the latest? Yeah, on Friday, he sent a letter that said, you know,
2: Chicago temperatures this weekend are dropping below zero. And he said, quote, your callousness um, is now life threatening to every one of these new arrivals who are not accustomed to this type of frigid weather. Um, It is unclear if Abbott, you know, listens to Pritzker in a a statement from his spokesperson according to the Sun-Times, a statement from Abbott's spokesperson that Abbott said the buses will not stop, he will not heed Pritzker's calls. Um, looking at the city's numbers of how many buses arrived according to the city's numbers from the 13th to the 15th this the number of bus arrive arrive buses that arrived did not change Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that buses didn't arrive outside of the Chicagoland area or that the city's numbers um, are completely up-to-date these are emails that they send out every day and you know there can be um, there can be discrepancies in what they what they send out so unclear but that was a that was a plea to governor abbott which have so so far over multiple months multiple pleas have gone unheard and so um that was on friday and and we'll see what happens this coming week
0: yeah that's wbez city government and politics reporters mariah wolfell and tessa weinberg thank you both thank you thanks so much this is reset i'm sasha ann simons the city temporarily paused its 60-day shelter limit for newly arrived migrants due to the extreme weather that we're facing. But many people are still scrambling to find housing before the new deadline of January 22nd. Now, as of Friday, roughly 650 migrants were slated to leave shelters on the new deadline, with only 17, quote, in some phase of the process of securing housing with the help of rental assistance. Now, that is according to the Department of Family and Support Services. And meanwhile, more people continue to arrive during Chicago's freezing conditions. So here to talk about the impending deadline and the struggles of this extreme cold is Veronica Saldania, a volunteer lead for the police station response team. Welcome, Veronica. Thank you. Also joining us is Annie Gomberg, who's another lead volunteer. Hi, Annie. Hello. And rounding out our panel is Andre Gordillo, director of New Vecinos or Neighbors in English at New Life Centers. That's a nonprofit that's partnering with the state to provide services at the landing zone and a temporary shelter in Little Village. Hey, Andre.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: So this new deadline, as I mentioned, less than a week. I mean, what is top of mind for you, Annie?
1: Um, I think that what's really top of mind for many of us is that with Having no having not a plan for these hundreds of people that need to be leaving shelters is really a plan for people being on the street and not seeing that coming from either the state or the city. I think we're very, very concerned, especially given the weather conditions. But just in general, um, this whole process seems to be really limited that. Um, we've asked and we've said, well, what happens if they leave and they have nowhere to go? Mm -hmm. And we've been told that they go back to the landing zone and there's sort of a restart of the shelter process, which seems very destabilizing for people who are already in a very vulnerable position.
5: Veronica? To add to that, um, communication overall seems to be the big problem too, because, you know, folks are being told that they should expect to leave on the 22nd, which was just for some one day after their original date. and then we're getting told of a possible 30-day extension overall. So, uh, Mm. folks are just panicking. They don't know Mm. what's going on, and nobody seems to know.
0: Sounds like mixed in there is some confusion, too. Yeah, Uh, what do you think, Andre, of the the shelter limit in the first place?
4: Um, Yeah, it it makes for panicking and uh, folks scrambling to find something uh, not ideal. um, I worry about them having to go back to square one and start all over again, um, uh, especially in this winter.
0: Talk more than any about what you think would be a more sustainable solution here.
1: Um, I think we've been saying since the beginning that investing in a system of dependency of shelters that, unfortunately, we are also finding are um, lacking in many, many services and resources and, you know, times food and medical care. Um, Investing in that system of dependency does not seem to be paying off for the city and rather um, is we're paying to sort of hold people rather than house people. Mm -hmm. And I think that many of us think that it would be less expensive and much more sustainable in the long term if we were investing in those systems that would get homeless people housing. Um, people who work in this field, who um, is much more Veronica than myself and, and Andre than me, but really do speak of housing first. We, we get people housed and it gives them a place to from which they can sort of launch their lives. It mm-hmm. gives them a fulcrum on which they can move the world. And we want this to be happening in the city of Chicago um, because this is how cities grow and are vibrant. And um, the future of Chicago with a thriving Venezuelan or South American population is really inspiring to many of us.
0: To that end, Veronica, there's a, a WBEZ analysis of city data, which found that roughly seven in ten migrants uh, have been in shelters longer than sixty days. Mm-hmm. What do people need in order to to speed up the process of getting into longer term or permanent
5: housing? If the city had a plan for, <clears throat> excuse me, assisting folks with housing then that could be communicated to the people staying at the shelters. Right now, they just have no idea what their options are at all. And, you know, if they do end up getting evicted from shelters, where are they going to go? The landing zone? The landing zone is closed. Folks that were left at the landing zone have been sent to warming centers. So where are people supposed to go? I mean, back to your question, um, as Annie said, you know,
0: about solutions,
5: yeah, the sustainable city, solutions. Right, the city really does need a plan, and it seems more sustainable to put that money toward housing people.
0: Meanwhile, Andre, we're experiencing these sub-zero temperatures right now, and, and we know that people are still arriving, and many of the folks who are here, they've never experienced this type of, of, of weather before. What are you seeing?
4: Yeah, uh, desperation. A lot of folks are, are just uh, wanting to get out ASAP and um
0: improper clothing when they arrive right yeah uh
4: oftentimes shorts shirts um flip flops um just very ill prepared um to to come to chicago not know the language not know uh a lot of them don't have any family here either mm-hmm. um and so it's a it's a very big lift for everyone here at this table to help and and find housing right that's an, i think the number 1 and the number 2 is work
0: yeah, you've mentioned the landing zone a few times, Veronica. Talk more about the conditions mm. you saw there. Mm.
5: Uh, it's really tragic. There's mm-hmm. there's people just languishing on buses, really, um, when they were there, and they weren't getting they weren't getting proper care. They didn't have proper clothing. Uh, there was a gentleman there who had been there three days, and turns out he had a, a fractured leg. And so I took him to, I asked him if he had received any medical care. He said he hadn't. And so I took him to urgent care. They sent us to the emergency room, and that's where we found out that he had that um, fracture in his leg. So um, <clears throat> that goes back to not having a plan, not having a plan for accepting these people and providing them with the services that they need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: speaking of, sorry, I mean, you were trying to
5: uh, invite a company called Shower Up, right, to, to get folks Showers. Correct. Because when we were there, again, talking to people on the buses, they'd mentioned they'd been there for five days and without showers. Uh, they were asking for more food and for a shower, please. Um, <clears throat> you have 60 people on a bus who haven't showered in five mm-hmm. days does not make for a very safe mm-hmm. or healthy mm-hmm. um, situation. So it did take volunteers to organize shower up to come out before the city decided to do something about it.
0: Yeah, the city uh, has uh, in part says uh, in a statement here that staff from the Office of Emergency Management and Communications were unaware of Shower Up coming Mm. and could not accommodate them without advance notice. You're shaking your head. No,
1: that's absolutely not true. Um, And I provided documentation to many different media outlets because I reached out to them directly and I said, this is my contact with Shower Up. Please be. And they said, thank you. And I said, great, you'll be in touch, and yeah, so I I think that that's, I understand why um, perhaps some people at the landing zone were unaware, but that is, it is absolutely not true because we did communicate directly with our contacts at the Office of Emergency Management and Communication as we had been instructed. These were people that were introduced to us by the mayor's office as our contacts for working with OEMC. So I think there's been a lot of miscommunication in that office, um, and I think this is just more evidence of that.
0: You have volunteered, any at police stations, uh, which is where we saw folks moved out of in, uh, mm-hmm. in December. How would you compare the landing zone to your experience mm-hmm. there at the police stations?
1: Um, well, I think people sleeping on the floor of a police station is as inadequate as people sleeping on a bus. Um, I do think that it's a more... Um, a uh, less friendly environment because at the police station we had volunteers there all the time we had meals being provided three times a day when I went to the landing zone for the for my first time um, I just happened to be there and when I spoke with about 30 people there they were getting one meal a day um, they hadn't received medical care since they had arrived they as Veronica was pointing out they had not received they were they were shuffling around in sandals I saw it with my own eyes I saw children without coats um, and like we said, I mean, the, the thing that they all asked us for immediately was showers and access to hygiene. Because, um, you know, we, we know from the um, World Health Organization that proper hygiene is really, really important for many different kinds of diseases and illnesses. Yeah. And they are concerned about these things, too. Um, these are human beings. They're not chattel. And I think at the police districts, because of the volunteer involvement and because we were there, there was transparency. There was some there were people had eyes on this mm-hmm. and there was yeah. not a day when people didn't get fed. Um, for most of us. And I will say that that's a similar situation we have with the shelters, where we do not have volunteer access or any kind of access for uh, outsiders to go to any of the shelters. And I I fear that with that curtain coming down, we're going to have some of the same problems um, that we've seen at Pilsen, um, at the Pilsen shelter, at the landing zone, where we don't know how bad it is until things get really bad.
0: And uh, in response, I want to read two additional statements in part. These are about the landing zone. The first came from a city of Chicago spokesperson uh, who says, uh, you know, the purpose of the landing zone was never housing and amenities, but out-migration and transport to temporary shelter, end quote. Uh, The second statement here being from the state. Uh, It says, quote, in part, uh, it is designed to help individuals upon their arrival at the landing zone to receive expanded services and support in a more streamlined process and to unite them with their families and friends and or help them advance to other destinations to avoid unnecessary admission into shelters, end quote. Um, Andrea, I know new new life centers, um, you folks have been helping out with the landing zone. Uh, What can you tell us about the logistics of running this?
4: Yeah. Um Yeah. folks come with a, a misunderstanding of what uh, what's offered here in Chicago and what are their options. Um, our team's been able to uh, out-migrate with the help of Catholic Charities, um, folks that do have family in, in other parts of the country, whether that be uh, local Chicagoland or, or elsewhere. Uh, and so just taking the time to slow down as folks first arrive and, and Orient them and, and guide them to. This is what's happening here. These are your options. And if you have family and friends that are able to welcome you, and 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 for you to have a safe place to lay your head at night, let's get you there. Yeah. And and try to avoid the the shelter system that we know is is not perfect here.
0: This is reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Some migrants in shelters. Here in the city, they're scrambling to find housing before their limited stay runs out. And meanwhile, folks are continuing to arrive to our area in freezing conditions. So, we're talking to folks working to get migrants those services that they need. Veronica Saldana is a volunteer lead for the police station response team. Annie Gomberg is another lead volunteer. And Andre Gordillo is director of New Vecinos, or Neighbors in English at New Life Centers, which is a nonprofit partnering with the state. Uh, Sticking with you for a moment, Andre, the first state-funded shelter opened in a a former CVS store in Little Village last week, and New Life Centers will have staff there. What can you tell us about that new shelter?
4: Yeah, we are housing 200 uh, families um, and uh, providing a a lot of the wraparound services and connection resources. Uh, the first state uh, funded shelter that isn't uh, through the contractor that um, uh, or contractors that the city has um, and uh, the majority of our staff is is local has been through the experience of, of immigration and some of them asylum seekers themselves mm-hmm. um, and we're able to connect folks with the uh, the care and, and connections that help them to hopefully be self-sustainable and independent
0: so you' I mean you're helping Folks get moved out of the shelter and into housing, which we know that's one piece of the puzzle, right? So, I mean, what other help is needed for folks to to access housing?
4: Uh, English people need mm-hmm. to know English. The language barrier. Uh, yeah, yeah, language. Uh, a lot of these leases are in English. Um, a lot of the the services, ComEd and and um, uh, other other uh, services are unfortunately oftentimes only in english or or only accessible to those who know how to get to them and and then it's in english when you get there so Mm. um our our staff is helping folks guide uh through the whole process and um and early childhood education is Mm -hmm. also important we had cps there yesterday and um just trying to do a a better job of, of walking them to the city and then exploring the different options that they have here of, of, okay, if you want to move to this part of town, this is what's around. Um, And so um, just doing it a little differently.
0: Annie, there used to be a a state-assisted rental aid program, Mm -hmm. but uh, that was also cut off for folks entering in in November. So a lot of the people who are facing this this first 60-day limit, they don't have that program to rely on.
1: No. Well, if you think about it, like if we think about a single family, If they don't qualify for this state-assisted rental program, which cuts off at November 17th, you had to be in a shelter, you had to be here, you had to arrive here by November 17th. If you didn't arrive here uh, by July 31st, you're also not eligible for the Temporary Protected Status Work Program, which is really only for Venezuelans anyway. So you're in a shelter, you don't have rental assistance, you don't have access to a work permit. Um, What are you going to do when that eviction notice comes up? How are you going to support your family? How are you going to get your kids in school? How are you going to put food on the table? Those things being cut off doesn't make practical sense mm-hmm. for the average person there. Um, and I think that like we we can we can talk all of time about what things were intended to be, like mm-hmm. the landing zone, like the like the rental assistance program. But you know I'm reminded that like if grandma had a mustache, she'd be grandpa, that things are what they are. And our mayor who campaigned for this position, who told us that he was a progressive, who told us that he wanted to bring people together and to provide for Chicago and bring Chicago home and do all the things we've talked about. We need some leadership here. We need somebody to really get in this fight with us because we're not seeing it.
0: Final words to you, Veronica. I mean, I I can't help but think of Uh, something that Annie alluded to earlier, right? The young boy who died in a shelter in in Pilsen last month. Um, You know, you've been working with his family. You know what they're facing now in the Mm -hmm. aftermath. I mean, where do things stand?
5: I was just speaking with them yesterday, and um, they're trying to move forward, but it's hard. When you don't have a stable home, you don't have a job to make, bring money in to support your family, they don't qualify for the TPS, so they fall under that umbrella. Yeah. Um, what are they supposed to do? So we do have a GoFundMe that we started to help support them. Okay. Uh, through that through that process of healing, and you know maybe. Um, uh, help with their housing so that Orlando can try to find work. Yeah. Goodness. What a what a tragic situation.
1: Mm.
0: We'll leave it there for now. Veronica Saldana and Annie Gomberg are both volunteers for the police station response team and Andre Gordillo is director of New Vecinos at New Life Centers. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.